Hello everyone, welcome to Winner's Circle. Just like I always tell you, where leaders are made. So you're here to learn more about what people are doing, what leaders are doing, what winners are doing, and how to be a winner. So today I have somebody on the show, somebody who is like a champion for Femtech. So he's a, he's a male, but he's a women champion. You know, he has done so much. His name is Chase Winnerdian. Is the visionary leader behind Sanico.us? Yes, Sanico.us. You know, Sanico.us is dedicated to revolutionizing menstrual healthcare and promoting sustainability. He is also the chief period officer. You know, you always you always put that um, title to his name. He's committed to changing the perception of menstruation with eco-friendly solution. Under his leadership, he has provided quality products, support, education. He has provided community for women in the workplace. His impactful contribution earned him a recognition. Yes, a recognition, including hosting the first Black menstrual summit an acknowledgement from the Oklahoma Legislative Black Caucus is also engaged in the UN initiatives. Is also passion, passionate about advocating for gender equality and women's empowerment. I just feel like this information is just the little I can introduce him. He has, he has a lot. So I feel I don't I didn't introduce him enough. So I would love to let him speak and introduce himself. So um Mr. Chase, or should I call you CPO, Chief Period Officer? <laughs> can you introduce well, yourself and tell us a little bit about your background, especially <laughs> championing black femtech and empowering women of color in workplace? Thank you so much, Jay, for hosting me on your podcast and you've done uh, no an incredible job hosting. Uh, a lot of amazing uh, guests on your show. Uh, my name is Chase, uh, aka Mr. Padman, aka Chief Period Officer of yes, Sanico.us. <laughs> uh, the name coined Padman was from the menstruation map from India and the Padman movie, uh, which was also to raise more awareness on uh, the menstrual health journey. So I'm Chase. I'm incredibly passionate about championing Black Femtech empowering women of color in the workplace. Uh, my journey in this mission has been a deeply rooted one and is rooted in my experience from Nigeria, my home country. You know, growing up in Nigeria, I witnessed the uh, profound impact that issues like rape, uh, female genital mutilation, breast cancer had on women in my community. And also until recently, uh, the issue of um, a five-year-old who was to be used for ritual purposes was gentile mutilation, and we had to 
get the community involved for a reconstruction of her vagina and rectum to be able to at least be a journey to womanhood. So uh, a lot of people then will say, oh, you don't even have sisters. You don't even have girlfriends. Why are you so damn passionate about women? You know, this experience has shaped me into being a proud feminist and also have ignited a, a fierce determination to make a change. Uh, my continuous story is seeing the fact that I woke up online also one day, seeing that a lot of women had play cards showing that um, I would rather get pregnant than be on my mm. period. You know, uh, sex mm. is a choice. Why are men allowed to have condoms and women are not allowed to have mm. uh, access to sanitary supply? Why is tampon tax, Viagra is non-tax? So I saw there was a gender war brewing. You know, and I wanted to step it into the conversation, but that has led my journey into uh, leading conversation around these critical issues. And I'm so excited, like I can go on and on about myself, um, but it's truly exciting that um, uh, with a couple of events and awards uh, being listed, uh, I'm just that uh, person who is uh, fulfilling my humble calling. And also when relocating to you, the United States, I discovered that it was also a very major problem because one out of every five guy, girl child also miss out on, on school. And I also wanted to champion these courses, engage in the critical dialogue around uh, gender dynamics and equity. So my background is also around technology, entrepreneurship, advocacy, and has also allowed me bridge gaps, create opportunities, and also amplify voices that needs to be heard. All right. That's, that was great. Thank you for introducing yourself. That's why I said. You know, I told you earlier that I can't introduce him enough because he does a lot. So if you look at, when you hear the word femtech, you think about uh, a woman to be in charge, to be in that industry, like it's a women industry. So what inspired you? You know, because there's a lot of field you should have, you know, probably have gone into, probably sports or, you know, you know, different field that you can actually think about. What inspired you to focus on this particular issue? What's the inspiration? Uh, like I said, my resilience about um, empowering women, also serving as main allies. Like I said, being gender sensitive, also pushing around uh, the agenda of the United Nations Global Goals. I also wanted to see my ways of um, contributing in hindering those gender war because when it comes to issues around women uh, like even from the spelling w-m-e-n men are also involved and in participating in those conversations you want to be able to take on key uh significant in also pushing you don't just say you love women and you're not ready to take action um from the term femtech you know just like you hear your medtech your fintech you know uh femtech was also coined by Ida Tin, uh, a couple of years back and it refers to technology-driven solutions that uh, specifically address uh, the unique and diverse uh, women needs, you know, to their health, to their wellness. So you're talking about uh, what can Web3 does, what uh, the Internet of Things, artificial intelligence, you know, in driving the same conversation, especially when it concerns reproductive and menstrual health to maternal care, sexual wellness and beyond and what better person to play that role is also seeing that uh, men who have their spouses their sisters can be strong allies especially to uh, unique women of colors 
who often face disparities in the healthcare access system. And, and that's why I'm fulfilling my calling in that regard. Yeah, that's, man, that's a real calling. So if I was going to ask you, you know, because I, I was just thinking while you were talking, so like what are some common challenges faced by women of color in the workplace and, and the fintech industry itself? What are common challenges faced by women? Uh, so in the femtech industry, it's a very it's, it's a large space. Like I said, irrespective of the tech, it could be menstrual health, it could be women who are um, who are breastfeeding, it could be about uh, antenatal care, it could be every means that these provide. But our own focus around this space is that women of color face several unique challenges, both in the workplace and in the femtech industry. And uh, these challenges could be as a result of lack of representation. Uh, because of women of colors are underrepresented in leadership roles uh, in the workplace and in the tech industries, you know, including femtech. Uh, the absence of these diverse roles can make it harder for them to envision and attain a significant leadership position. Uh, I worked in corporate America. I saw the need for even affinity group like the black um, resource group where you have even and I think the same is applicable to women in also those space to be able to have a voice. Uh, pay disparities can also be a basically challenge. You know, they earn less than their white counterparts. You know, this pay gap can also be like, oh, because I want to earn six figures in the space. Uh, they go through a lot of interviews, resume revamp, like, which also affects their mental health, you know, including their economic advancement so but there's also bias and stereotyping uh the ample ratio or gender stereotypes like can this woman do this job can she participate can she be involved and they also limited access to capital especially for entrepreneurs in the femtech industry who are struggling to be able to assess pre-seed funding you know is this the right thing for them to do uh, i remember a particular investor was saying people dying from this for for this to be able to uh incite us more to be able to do so there are a couple of other things l disparities which are overlooked you know women of color complains that uh when they're going for childbirth uh it comes with a lot of costs you know their insurance sure. can pay it all sure. employers are also not willing to take up those responsibilities and also making sure that they are also better understanding with their male uh, folks. So imagine you are experiencing menstrual cramps and you're working with your fellow colleague and sometimes you can it can be very aggravating and you don't know when to take excuse or you have a stain. If there's no particular man around you understand this and they might feel uh, very awkward or weird or embarrassing situation. So another last thing would be inclusivity and cultural competency. Like you said, why should a man be involved in the same place? So we need to be able to despair those religious and cultural thing on why can men be involved? Why can't my HR be able to know that I can even keep certain supplies without feeling uncomfortable in my car, in my offices? Um, and we can go on and on to uh, at least adequately see that technology is inclusive and is relevant for women of color, which is a crucial, uh, crucial challenge and should be taken seriously. True, true. That's uh... That's, that's a challenge that needs to be taken serious. So now, looking at you now, so 
let's talk about challenges. So have you faced any resistance or maybe a pushback in your effort to champion um, black fintech or even empower women of color? Like what are the pushback? How did you overcome it? Because there's a difference between going through it and overcoming it, if you ever overcome it. Uh, it's 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 an ongoing conversation when it comes to whether there are days of overcoming. Earlier days, you get a case of saying that you're a pervert. Um, why should you even be doing this in the first place? Um, what's your obsession about women? But there are other rooms where you also find yourself whereby you find yourself to be the only men in the room. I think a, a couple of uh, weeks back, we're both together in a room where we're discussing uh, could you uh, another empowerment program where they support uh, women in Africa and around the world. And exactly. it was good to have men in the room mm-hmm. lending their voices. You know, in those kind of spaces, sometimes you find to be your only person and somebody's telling you, did you miss your way? <laughs> what are you doing mm-hmm. here? You know, exactly. uh, sometimes it can be very confrontational. But really, there also been room whereby you've been acknowledged, uh, you've been praised to say, okay, wow, you're doing a great job. It's good to be able to have uh, men talk about this. And truly, um, if you also look through history, you see men have been able to help like even in in the um in the menstrual pads patent and all they were also developed by men uh and and it gives room to be able to see how much more like your advocacy does not just sound on limp syncing you're really amplifying your voice you're actually providing that uh space and it's interesting that even the challenges that will be dictating will be like, oh, why don't you get a women co-founder? Or why don't you get somebody in your team that is a woman to speak about this? But truly, uh, beyond seeking for fund or beyond uh, getting public perception, you want to be true to your nature. You also want to be able to come out loud. Uh, like I could as well tell you that, oh, why don't we talk about sports or something else on this thing? And that's the pressure that we put on the committee and space for uh, people have decided to identify as Ishi, they, them, you know, it gives them that you don't uh, colorize the information of what a particular gender should do or not do. Uh, women should be able to do the heavy lifting. Same thing, men should be able to cry. And, and that's why we're at this stage, we're making sure at least uh, we're calling on significant men like you to play uh, that role. That's, that's calling men the role, which is a good thing. So now, if you look at it in another angle, let's talk about the project or the innovations behind FinTech. So from your experience as, a, as an expert in that field, can you provide insight into any specific FinTech innovation that has had significant impact on the lives of women of color? Or women in general? Uh, significantly would be that there's a lot that um, I remember writing my recent article, if you also check on bellanandjai.com where I freelance, I wrote a uh, uh, specific interest of uh, a little while back where my friend Isaac and his wife who had faced an edge-wrenching uh, struggle of infertility. So what turned in their tide was an unexpected hero, which was the menstrual tracking apps, you know insights into his wife's menstrual health which ultimately led them to welcome their beautiful children uh, so there are also like i said different 
games also played. There was one we also at Sanico did, which is called the Period Genius on your Play Store. Uh, though in his better phase, uh, which is just to provide you basic even education on what is ovulation, what is a vagina, uh, what kind of period product can you use, what is the tampon, you know, uh, because a lot of people have grown to what their parents have told them. So they, they really don't know what is out there. Are there period boxes? Nike is creating period jumpers. You know, you want to be able to at least have all those information. What is Internet of Things doing? Uh, recently this morning we were speaking with another organization here in Tulsa and we we're talking about uh, some innovations from Meta around their horizons, virtual reality, the Ray-Ban glasses, you know, how do we fit that into uh, smart, smart menstrual cups to wearables that closely monitor reproductive health, you know, uh, software as a service, you know, like we see a room whereby there's a dashboard where employers can pay for uh, their employees' sexual reproductive health. Maybe they want to pay for their pills. They want to assess their OBGYN. Uh, we also want to be able to see how to eliminate geographical barriers to healthcare. You know, chatbots. You know, we're talking about even animation also, uh, like uh, some form of entertainment to educate, to include. So there's a lot and lot uh of these tools and devices out there that act as educators and empowerers you know ensuring that knowledge and support are accessible to uh everyone so it's a very interesting space and i think a lot of people should uh adequately uh look into this and also see themselves um investing or get more acquainted and that these tools are available uh, although there have been challenges around even data privacy, around even these menstrual hair trackers, but they, uh, we need to outweigh the positivity over the negativity. That's, that's true. Outweigh the positivity over the negativity. And that's the truth, you know. So now you talked about something, and, you know, I was thinking about it, and it, uh, what you spoke about was about biases that. People telling you, what are you doing in this field? Are you a pervert? You know, which, you know, it could, it could be discouraging sometimes. So are there any barriers or biases that male allies need to be aware of when advocating for women in the workplace, like women of color in the workplace? For me, just like being an African immigrant and somebody speak to you about racism, and I was speaking to someone yesterday, and I'm like, racism for me can be from one other black man to another black man. Necessarily doesn't even be from a black man to a white man. It might be your understanding of resilience, uh, your communication, you know, and how you want to take things. But like I said, our train the positivity is when you see male allies who can use their privilege and platform to amplify the voices and of women of colors. Uh, recently, there was the Fearless Fund in the news you know, were accused like, why are they supporting just women of color? Why were they funding that? And that took a bad uh, fit in the industry. Like, why would even somebody think about that? You know, and that also ensured that uh, women's ideas and concerns are heard and valued. And now also do you challenge this bias? You know, you want to make sure male allies can actively challenge, address these biases, stereotypes that affect women of colors, speaking out against discriminatory behavior like oh you have a stain you know why are you smelling or why are you this you know 
making sure conversations that are not um oh it's my wife's duty i don't even speak to my girls about it man. you know it's not something i'm interested in you know we need to be able to at least talk about even the bias in hiring uh women who are pregnant or women who are experiencing fibroids uh pcos you know i have a spouse that deals with heavy bleeding you know she wants to be able to see that you have employers who are in consideration of that like if that happens what do i do you know and uh, microaggressions you know you also want to be able to talk about mentorship and support uh, these women work with men who are their managers. So you want to be able to have male allies who can mentor and sponsor women of color, providing them guidance, support, and opportunities for even career advancement. You know, it goes beyond just the health conversation, but they are able to help them build their professional network so that they can also help in paying for all this reproductive health. I remember working then, you can use your badge, uh, your company's badge to get food. In the rare, you know, in the in our work campus, then it was a very big company. So I see the need whereby that can also be extended, where you can use that to buy your peas over the check, or get to speak to your OBGYN or your mental health resources. I see a future whereby even those that are very disadvantaged can use EBT cards uh, to buy their period or reproductive health concerns. So. It's all about education. It's all about advocacy. And that's why a platform like yours is also doing a great job in at least uh, lending their voices on on all of these things. And STEMP also play a bigger role to STEM, uh, whereby men become inclusive in creating this product without conflict. You know, you want to build something for women, what they want. It's like going to a community and saying, okay, you want to provide them uh, clothes. And they say, we don't want clothes, we want food. But you are thinking clothes is what they need. So you need to be able to understand that. Zach. Yeah, you're right. Thank you for, um, you know, talking about our platform, putting the, putting the words out there. So let's talk about policy because you talked about policy. You talk about government policy, that's legislative policy and um, organizational policy. So the question is, are there any specific policy or legislative changes that advocates to promote gender and racial equality in workplace that you know about? Gender what? Gender equality. Gender and racial equality in the workplace. Are there any specific uh, policy like that? Or maybe, you know, policies, legislative policies, you know, changes that, you know, because we know all these things that, um, all these issues that have to do with um, um, women not being respected in the workplace, you know, the workplace not opening that, um, that door, when I mean door to understand that a woman, you know, when you go to the bathroom, there should be like, you know, free fires and all that, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't, most, organizations they don't even um pass these laws that inc makes it um makes it easy for a woman you know to 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 have it easy compared to a man you know there's no equality you know in workplace and we all know that you know i think um recently there was like the u.s team you know um, the female team, you know, 
they have to protest that you know what we need to get that uh, the same pay as the men why why do they have to get paid more than us so is there any policy that you know of if there is none it's okay that you know of that is actually championing um the women cause in workplace like women uh, equality in workplace is there any cause like that yes there are several policies and i see policies to um that are related to menstrual health and uh, generation uh, equality, you know, and this specific of this policy can vary by by region and um, by organization. You can complete it on them. Uh, but some common areas where such policies and initiatives can be found are like there are workplace menstrual health policies. Like I said, my uh, they are always what you call uh, the gender restroom. So and, and because you might even ask me, ah, if it's a women restroom, how did you know it was there? <laughs> <laughs> There are some companies who provide the hmm. gender restroom where it's just a single one where any man and women can use. So you can always see that uh, they have also for breastfeeding mothers, so they can always see it. So they have implemented those policies to be able to support uh, uh, women in the workplace. You know, they can include providing free menstrual products in the bathroom, um, flexible work hours during menstruation, and a more understanding approach to menstruation related medical leave which a lot of companies still struggle with you know can i just take a period leave just like you take a work leave uh there are also gender equality policies you know many organizations have gender equality policies that are designed to ensure equal treatment opportunities pay for all employees regardless of their gender is she they them you know these policies can encompass hiring practices promotion processes and equal pay for equal work. Uh, there are also racial equality policies. Like I said, some of these affinity groups have also been able to make sure that they have provided a safe space for people to be able to even to let out their voices, you know, um, effort to increase diversity within the workforce, providing training on bias and discrimination. Like, what do you say when these things happen? Uh, how do you foster a more inclusive uh, work environment? Uh, I remember my former workplace would provide us access to speak to a therapist, you know. So some companies always offer comprehensive health and wellness programs that covers menstrual health, maternal health, mental health, you know, sexual and productive health, you know, access to resources and support. You know, this provides uh, an holistic well-being for those employees. Uh, we have diversity and inclusion initiatives also where many organizations have diversity and inclusion programs you know uh, they even have dei representatives that help to create inclusive workplaces where people from all backgrounds genders and races feel welcome and love and i think one last one i'll touch on would be government initiatives in some regions uh and some countries maybe like in 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 the southern u.s part um and if you look at about some regions also in florida's they have programs that are related to menstrual health. Some states in the U.S. can be very strong with some. Um, International-wise, you can also have countries like Stockholm, Kenya, providing even free menstrual supplies to schools. You know, So there are legislation that are related to equal pay, anti-discrimination laws, public health programs. But the question is, how are we enforcing those laws? How are we making sure... These initiatives are not just a blue screen, you know, so they also need to be able to see that these things are implemented 
because there's a growing emphasis on creating policies and programs that support these goals. You already, you know, because I was going to ask about companies too, like how can companies ensure that their workplace policies and practices are truly inclusive? But I think you answered it. Um, yeah, employee resource group so. is very key. Yes, yeah. employee. Some people have mm. to use their employee resource mm. group to uh, to complain about those things and see that they are implemented. It's no, like your work union. <laughs> mm. I understand that part. That's true. <laughs> so, okay. Now, let's talk about organization because there's a listener listening to the program. You want to, maybe after the show, you, you really want to look into, you know, organization that are, you know, that are into this um, this field, you know, these initiatives. So are there any specific initiative or organization aimed at empowering women of color in the workplace that you would like to recommend to our listeners to look into? Can you explain what you mean by initiatives? I mean, like, initiatives, ideas, just like... Uh, uh, when I mean initiative, more like uh, organization. You know, some are not organizations, some are just like, it's just a, an initiative that, you know, maybe an organization that is um, handling women in general, you know, they just have that initiative that encourage, you know, it encourages um, um, workplace policies and practices that are inclusive, um, that are women inclusive. Do you understand that question? Yes, I do. Uh, there are yeah. several specific initiatives and organizations. Yeah, uh, so, support... so do you have a particular, you know, probably that people can look up, you know, to check up? Because, like, there's the, you talked about, um, I think we talked about gender restroom. Yeah, there's the National I've Association never, of... Well, I've never heard of that. So I feel okay. like most people really want to know which organization they can look up to and go check it out. Yes, there's the National Association of Colored uh, Women's Club. Um, it's one of the oldest organizations that uh, address the needs and concerns of African-American women. Uh, we have Black, Black Girls Code, and this is another non-profit that empowers young girls of colors. Uh, recently, I saw something called Cyber Girls also. You know, they offer various programs and workshops to develop STEM skills. We also have Sanico in the menstrual health space, providing men as allies. We have women of color in technology. Uh, recently, there was uh, the one for non-binaries and women. Uh, there was an event um, recently also. Uh, we have the Afrotech, which is a mecca of sorts, and which has also given us an opportunity to host a fireside chat uh, at their year's event in Austin, Texas, where we'll be speaking about the future of black tech. Uh, we also have the Global Black Women, it's an auto, another international organization, Girls Who Code, there are different uh, non-profit women-based association. I think NACCP also is another strong uh, voice for uh, not just about women, but gender sensitiveness, about the hiring strategy, about discriminations uh, due to ratio that a lot of um, women of color faces. So uh, in closing the gender gap in technology, uh, providing opportunities, uh, and promoting sources in that regard. So uh, I really give kudos to a lot of those organizations that are doing it, especially those that are even going out of their way to even providing free supplies. Definitely, I'm going to look them up myself because uh, 
it sounds like uh, something I really want to check up on. So now I want to ask you, like, as we round up to close, so what are the common misconceptions or, or maybe I should say stereotypes about women of color in the workplace that need to be debunked? What are the common misconceptions? Yes, or stereotypes about women of color in the workplace that need to be debunked. Uh, for me, I would always say communication is key. Um, education is also a strong word with the languages they use uh, in describing uh, women of color. You know, uh, there's also this strong black women stereotype. You know, portraying black women as unbreakable, as unemotional. You know, leading to this unrealistic expectation of strength and resilience. You know. Because in reality, black women, like all individuals, have their all ranges of emotions and vulnerabilities. You know, you have the angry black women stereotype, like mm -hmm. uh, this African-American women don't stay with their kids. You know, uh, they marry a couple of husbands, you know, the baby mama syndrome. But that's not true. You know, black women are sometimes unfairly labeled as angry or aggressive uh, when they express their opinions or concerns. So this stereotype can undermine their credibility and discourage them from speaking up you know you also have the overlooked talent stereotype you know women of colors are always often overlooked for promotions leadership roles or important projects oh i don't think you can do this heavy lifting i don't think uh, maybe by the time we give you this role you might be pregnant by then and you won't be able to so it discourages from those qualifications and due to those biases they are assumed that they are less capable or competent. Uh, you can also talk about the lack of professionalism stereotype. Uh, there's this misconception that women of color are less professional or competent uh, compared to their white counterparts. You know, this stereotype is not based on reality and it can lead to bias in hiring. And that's why they always encourage a lot of uh, black uh, persons or people of color not to use their pictures on their resume. And lastly, it would be wow. more around the, that yeah. the first time. Yes, not to use uh, this wow. thing. Uh, until recently, somebody was also saying um, where you come from can also be a matter. And that's for another story for African immigrant women who had relocated to the U.S. So the, also the single story stereotype, like, just, like you just mentioned, that you don't even have that information. So there's this racial and gender stereotype that often reduce the experiences and identity of uh, women of color to a single narrative that erases their diversity, their their individuality, you know. Uh, so challenging this stereotype, like can a black uh, women of color be uh, uh, the E for she or B gay or B, you know, they are boxing to the fact of what they can do, what they can do about their kids, uh, like the uh, abortion story that was. Uh, some years back to like uh women allowed to have their take the lives of mm. their child maybe through rape or some form you know so all of this information are very critical even understanding um some pronouns to identify people about is also very key so in fostering diversity equity and inclusion requires acknowledging and dismantling this harmful belief so it's also very significant for uh, when we are having this kind of conversation on, on, on the in the media or as part of 
a group or you're advocating, you also want to be able to know how to use those terminologies because they're very important and you can even get into trouble if you don't really understand them. I get it. Yeah. Well, it's true. I agree with you. So now, while um, I want to ask this, you know, question, how would you respond to those who believe that focus, the focus on femtech and empowering women of color in the workplace is unnecessary? How do you, how would you respond to that? Those who focus on femtech is unnecessary, or I don't... yes. Is not necessary. I, I think for me, it, it's not a conversation of uh, who is your ideal customer or what people can practically respond to. Because we see, like I said, I just cited a, a story of my friend Isaac and how uh, the aid of Femtech of tracking the wife's menstrual, uh, tracking her as help. But why it's true that not everyone may immediately recognize the significance of Femtech it's essential to understand that women's health is a fundamental aspect of healthcare. You know, Femtech addresses those unique healthcare needs and empowers individuals so that they can take control of their well-being, you know, uh, because there are gender-specific health needs. You know, women are different from men, their needs. So ignoring these differences can lead to inadequate healthcare. So Femtech have been able to provide tailored solutions for conditions such as menstrual health, pregnancy, menopause, and more. Uh, empowerment and education, just like we're having on your podcast right now, is very key. Uh, you want people to be able to know the necessary femtech applications and devices. Like I said, there are menstrual cups, there are wearable devices, there are Bluetooth. You know, you want to be able to help women understand how to monitor and manage their health effectively. Uh, education and early intervention always lead to better health outcomes. Then the biggest of it all, like we're still on it every day, is the taboo aspect. You know, like some people are not even comfortable using the word menstruation, using the word period. You know, uh, sexual reproductive health is a concern. It's like you're discussing uh, pornography to young kids. People still don't want to be able to feel comfortable talking that, oh, they have been stained. You need access to products. So Femtech helps contribute to breaking the stigmas, the taboos around women's health, you know, encouraging open conversation. Let there be that safe space, you know, reducing the shame that is associated with topics. Like even people who are in the media space should not be able to remove those terminologies. Like I, 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 uh, uh, I know there are some certain social media platforms uh, would not approve your advertisement when it comes to such topics, you know. And a lot of people have complained about them significantly. You hear some couple of videos on TikTok, Instagram, and all. So, and you want to be able to know that this is also very good in addressing women's health needs, which is the economic and social impact, improving their quality of life. So, ideal women are better able to participate in the workforce and society when. Uh, we recognize the value when we play a crucial role in addressing gender-specific health issues, promoting education. Like I said, you can use movies, you can use celebrities that influences those issues, and it's always an important step towards a more inclusive and effective health care. I know it's so much information to rally around this uh, this beautiful podcast. <laughs> so first is uh, 
the keyword is actually seeing that uh, a lot of people respect that this is existing. This is to be able to educate themselves, you know, taking time to educate oneself about the unique challenges faced by women of color in the workplace and in the femtech industry. You want to understand the intersectionalities of their experiences, including the impact of race and gender. Um, you know, you want to be able to actively listen to the experiences and concerns of women of color, amplify their voices and perspective in your workplace. So you don't just come on social media and just tell us what to hear. What are you doing about it? You know, are you able to lead industry discussions, host events, speak openly about the situation? You know, you want to also help challenge these bias and stereotypes that we mentioned earlier. Uh, microaggressions, you know, you want to create an environment where everyone is treated with respect and dignity. You want to mentor and sponsor. You want to be... Uh, if you're in a position to do so, offer mentorship and sponsorship to women of color to attend those conferences, you know, support their professional growth, provide opportunities for uh, uh, advancement, you know, advocate for change. You don't have to run a nonprofit. So advocate for change in policies, pick up that play card, lobby your, uh, your legislator, you know. Um, it helps also promoting diversity, equity and inclusion. And for those companies who also hire DEIs, using them as uh, a blue screen, like, okay, because we are diverse in nature, we want you to go beyond that, push for equal opportunities and representation at all levels of your organizations, you know, build inclusive network. We want people to be able to foster inclusive network and connection in your industry. Help women of color to connect with key stakeholders and decision makers. Use your platform. Uh, like this podcast is doing a great job and kudos to you, Jay. We want people Thank to be able so to much. use their mm-hmm. yeah. their uh, their social media platform, their community platform. Go offline also. Wear those branded teachers. Participate in discussion, conferences. If there are sometimes, I know it's also very shy for a lot of people to raise up your hand, even if the question is different. Just see a see a see a way to feed the question into into the conversation. Uh, be an active and visible ally like don't just do add it on the lips you know show your support through this action not just words uh sometimes it might be shameful you might feel embarrassed like ah you're a man now why did they talk all this thing in my local language why are you discussing all of this you should be able to leave it for the women no be consistently committed to championing the cause of femtech and the empowerment of women of color mm promote inclusivity, celebrate achievement, you know, that's one thing that we don't do. We only see what is getting wrong, but celebrate and acknowledge the achievement and contribution of women of color who are building these apps, who are doing something in their community, who are hosting a period drive. Uh, like we have been able to host uh, different period parties. We hosted the Women of Wakanda Summit, yeah, uh, yeah. which we had you was there. <laughs> uh, as one of our speakers, you know, yeah. uh, even at the UN also where we invited you to also help lead some uh, conversation yeah, yeah. at the International Youth Conference. So yeah. we want to be able to have organizations and initiatives like this also that include donations. So don't start singing, standing on the promises while you're sitting on your premises. Bring out that money that you talk about. You know, Don't just say someone is not doing well. What are you doing about it? Volunteer, actively participate in programs. And the last one I will say, because there's so much, 
is to hold each other accountable. So encourage your colleagues, your peers to be accountable for promoting diversity and inclusion. Don't just say Black Lives Matter. How are you mattering to in holding each other to a higher standard of uh, respect and fairness? All right, so that's you guys. Um, do you have any other thing you want to tell our listeners? Yes, um, we just want to say, uh, just like you've heard, like you can reach out to your husband, your spouse, the men in your life to also serve as this ally. Uh, you can reach me on my social media platform. It's just Charity Chased uh, on Instagram, on Twitter. You see the verified badge, so it's easier to identify me. Uh, another key thing is to see that uh, you can also send us an email of how you can contribute. You can contribute to us financially. You can contribute to us with your skills. Uh, we currently need people who can build those tools. You know, if you have a young daughter in STEM who can design the next robot that can help women relieve their menstrual cramps, or you have a game that you can design, or you're good with animation, these are just very specific tools that we need people to put their hands on board. And never you cease talking. If you're a man also that is listening to this, provide the support that the women need. You know, like you said, if you can make babies by them, why can't you give them the support that they need? And thank you so much again, Jay, for hosting us on this uh, wonderful podcast. All right. Thank you for coming. We appreciate your presence. Um... This is the Simple Dinner of the Edward Sea Podcast.